The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. To Marion McKeown and Cal Thomas in the United States. And Cal, I'm going to start with you. How much does it cost you for a gallon of petrol or gasoline, as you call it, in the United States these days? Well, it depends on what state you're living in, Matt. In California, uh, has the most, uh, uh, the highest prices, over $7 a gallon. I forget what that is in liters, but it's, uh, it's uh, it's terrible. I mean, uh, low income, middle income people are finding it incredibly difficult uh, to pay for this, and uh, the prices keep going up with no end in sight. I said that's what it is in California. What about in Florida, your home state? <laughs> well, actually, my home state is in the District of Columbia, where I was born. I know. But uh, I yes, know. But your adopted state. Yes, right. Thank you. It's over five dollars a gallon now in Florida, and there's talk uh, by the Biden administration of repealing the federal gas tax. But that's only a uh, temporary solution. Actually, it's not a solution at all. It's just a delay, hoping that uh, the November elections won't be as disastrous as they're forecast to be. The the real problem is that we are not uh, energy independent as we were just a little over two years ago. Uh, Biden has suspended the Keystone Pipeline. There's no new drilling. Um, and he's going to Saudi Arabia, hat in hand. He claims it's not to ask for more oil. But why else would he be going there when he just called Saudi Arabia a few months ago a pariah state? Yeah, but Carl, I've been doing a few calculations here. And I, I think, and I stand to be corrected in this, but there's about 3.78 litres per American gallon. So what we would be paying over here, if we were get, if we had U.S. gallons rather than liters, we'd be paying somewhere between eight fifty to nine dollars a gallon. So yes. you have a cheap by comparison over the United States. You <laughs> well, have very little to be complaining about. Yeah, well, by that standard, uh, we've always had it cheap. I mean, even before the current massive price increases, uh, the price of petrol, as you call it, in the U.K. and in Ireland uh, has always been higher. And uh, a lot of that has to do, at least in the U.K., where I used to have property, uh, with the taxes placed on it. Uh, the taxes uh, on petrol in America were supposed to go uh, for uh, improving roads and infrastructure. But uh, politicians, uh, being like Dracula, that they can never get enough blood, and they can never get enough of our tax dollars, have been using it for other purposes. But uh, suspending the gas tax might cut uh, 15 cents a gallon off of uh, off of the petrol, but it, it will not last forever. It will only be a temporary suspension, and it will do nothing about production. Okay, Murray McKeown, how attached are Americans to the idea of cheap gasoline? Uh, they're addicted to it. And, you know, just I'm in California at the moment. I filled up my car yesterday. It was $6.09 a gallon uh, in, in in sort of the West Hollywood area. I've been in Washington, D.C. recently where I also filled up. It was around five fifty. So it's a lot higher than it used to be in both states. And, you know, I agree with you, Cal. I think that introducing a gas tax holiday, which takes 20 cents or thereabouts off a gallon, isn't going to really make that much of an impact when most people are paying about $2 more a gallon than they were. So like a 10% reduction on that is not going to really make a huge difference. I think in terms of people going to the polls, I think in terms of American frustration with the price of gas. But, you know, I, I also agree with Cal to a degree about 
it's not true that that drilling has been stopped. Dozens, hundreds of new permits have been issued, but they haven't been taken up by the companies. And this has been a controversy within the states where now Biden is saying, OK, if you don't use these permits within a certain amount of time, you lose them and, and somebody else can buy them. But but I think that the big problem here is that Biden has missed a big opportunity to, you know, to do more to to it's a perfect time to say to Americans, look, this is what happens when you rely wholly on fossil fuels, when you don't use sustainable energy, when you don't, you know, use all the resources we have that would not damage the planet. And he hasn't done that because the outrage has been so great amongst Americans who are paying too much for their gas. And instead of using this as an opportunity to, you know, drive America more towards clean, sustainable energy, he's running off to Saudi Arabia. And I do agree with Cal on that. I think it's a mistake and I don't think it's going to yield a whole lot. But Marion, is there a, a drive, so to speak, towards electric cars? We keep hearing about Elon Musk and Tesla. We hear about the other giant US auto manufacturers uh, producing electric cars. But how big is that particular push? Or do you think is the majority of the United States of America going to remain wedded to its uh, gasoline engine? Well, you know, again, I think it depends on where you go. If you go to states like California, where there are a lot of electric cars and there are a lot of facilities to make it easier, and basically the blue states seem to be pulling ahead on this. But if you, if you go to, to the, the central states, if you go to places like Texas, Kansas, etc., you won't find a, you know, a, a, an electric charger to save your life and you won't find an electric car either, by and large. And, you know, one of the things, just to go back to what Cal said about the roads and the taxes, the, the states where the taxes are lowest and where the where gas is lowest is where the roads are also terrible. I was in Indiana and Kansas in the last year too. My God, the roads were unbelievable. I drove on way better roads in, in East Africa, way better. So, you know, when you're keeping the, the taxes low in those states where they boast about having petrol that's almost free, uh, you can't drive on the roads. So, you know, it's it's never as straightforward as it seems. Well, Carl, that's an interesting point, isn't it? I mean, you complain about politicians looking for tax dollars, but those tax dollars are what keep the roads in better shape than Marion found in East Africa. To, Matt, but uh, look at the uh, Biden administration's uh, infrastructure measure, which he continues to tout as one of his uh, great successes. Where did all that money go? Why aren't the roads being improved more rapidly and more efficiently? Look, with respect to electric cars, I don't have a problem with that, but electricity is produced by fossil fuels. That's one thing. The other thing is... Oh, sorry, sorry, Carl, the- hold on a second. It doesn't have to be produced by fossil fuel. Well, when you've got enormous swathes of desert which could be used for solar energy, for example, you could have all sorts of wind energy. There's not enough solar and wind energy to produce the enormous amount of energy that Americans consume in a nation with over 300 million people. I think we're in a transition period, but you can't force people into electric cars when the average price of the electric car is $60,000. And as you mentioned, where I live in Florida now, uh, we are subject to hurricanes down there, and and they have evacuation routes, and and people might get stuck on the interstate highways and run out of electricity with no opportunity to charge them. So I think the politics is running ahead of the technology. It ought to be the other way around. We will get there eventually, but we're not going to get there overnight. But Cal, have you not linked the increased amount of storms and hurricanes hitting Florida to the 
uh, carbon production of fossil fuels. No, we've had hurricanes. Uh, one of the biggest hurricanes ever to hit our country uh, was in Galveston, Texas, at the beginning of the 20th century, uh, barely uh, uh, beginning with uh, automobiles at that period, and certainly not airplanes and trucks and all of these other things that produce emissions. So the weather changes. It's called climate, and it has for centuries and millennia. And I don't think, you know, there's an upsurge in some years and a downsurge in others. We didn't have any hurricanes in Florida last Last year. What you say to that, Marion McKeown? Uh, I think the evidence, Cal, and I suspect, you know, it shows overwhelmingly that climate change is having a huge effect and a rapidly escalating effect here in America. I'm going to just name a couple of things going on at the moment. Last week alone, thousands of cattle died from a heat, like literally thousands were found dead in the fields and on the plains in Kansas from a heat stroke because the heat was so intense there. California is one ongoing forest fire more or less at the moment. There is almost no, the water in Lake Powell, Lake Mead and in the Colorado River is at unprecedentedly low levels where there's a real panic that there won't be enough water for the Southwest within a decade. You know, and you saw what happened in Yellowstone Park last week, floods that ripped the whole roads apart. So there's seems to be more and more and an escalate. There have always been freak storms. There have always been hurricanes. I'm not denying that for a second. But what I'm saying is they are becoming more frequent and they're becoming worse. Okay, let's move on to something else. And a remarkable TV row in the United States between two TV presenters, Stephen Colbert and Tucker Carlson. So the story behind this is that part of Colbert's production team uh, gained access, it would seem incorrectly, to Capitol Hill. And Tucker Carlson now believes that this is insurrection, that Colbert's production crew should be arrested and charged for insurrection. Let's hear Tucker Carlson after first hearing Stephen Colbert. Just before this show aired, we learned that last night, producers for Stephen Colbert's show on CBS committed insurrection at the United States Capitol. Adam Schiff illegally gave producers from CBS access to the Capitol. And then the group, which includes the show's senior producer, director, comedian, and writer, remained in the Houseworth, Longworth House office building after hours. And the point of them being there was for them to harass sitting members of Congress. Officers then arrested them and charged them with unlawful entry into the Capitol complex. Now, that's the exact same charge that many January 6th defendants face. Here's what happened. Last week, my folks shot for two days in congressional offices across the street from the Capitol building. They went through security clearance, shot all day Wednesday, all day Thursday, invited into the offices of the Congress people they were interviewing. And that's very important. They were doing some last minute puppetry and uh, jokey make ups in a hallway when Triumph and my folks were approached and detained by the Capitol Police, which actually isn't that surprising. The Capitol Police are much more cautious than they were, say, 18 months ago, and for a very good reason. If you don't know what that reason is, I know what news network you watch. The Capitol Police were just doing their job. My staff was just doing their job. Everyone was very professional. Everyone was very calm. My staffers were detained, processed, and released. That was Stephen Colbert and was Tucker Carlson before him. Now, Cal, doesn't that sort of just emphasise the real problem that America has in the way that things are presented to the viewing public and by the media present? That Carlson there 
deliberately whipped up a controversy and an incredible false equivalence between what was happening with Colbert's crew and the insurrection of January the 6th, which he has consistently tried to deny. Well, there's no comparison, obviously, Matt. I mean, uh, uh, the Colbert crew was not uh, threatening to hang Mike Pence. They weren't destroying property. Uh, None of them went into Speaker Pelosi's office and put their feet on her desk. So uh, it's a false uh, equivalency, I think. Uh, But, uh, you know, they're right. There are there are more strict rules than there have ever been because of January 6th. And you are supposed to have an escort if you do not have a pass. But that's hardly an insurrection. I understand uh, Tucker Carlson was trying to make a uh, almost a comedy point. But I think the uh, the comparison is uh, is not correct. Do you think, Marion, though, is it a comedy point or is this not just a further example of the way things get whipped up in America, causing further and further division? I don't think it's comedy. I think Tucker Carlson is a clown. I think he's a dangerous clown. I think he's an angry, vindictive clown. I think the fact that we're almost wasting time talking about this idiot um, is perplexing to me. Uh, Stephen Colbert, look, there, it's obvious. Adam Schiff cleared their entrance to come in to, to the Capitol. Exactly as Cal said, you know, they didn't do anything there other than do their jobs. Um, and, and they were there late and they were you know, the, approached by the police and processed and taken out. Uh, I don't see any, you know, there, clearly some regulations weren't fully obeyed there. Uh, it doesn't seem to be any kind of a criminal act. There was no charges brought. This is just nonsense. It's time-wasting nonsense. And, and okay. I just find it really frustrating to have to listen to that idiot. I know, but millions and millions of people do and they get influenced <laughs> by him. But I want to ask you, Marion, as well. There was, there was a video that I was watching during the week and... It was a real, real shocker about, tell us about this guy, a governor, I think, isn't he? A Republican governor who uh, decided to make a video about um, a sort of a false seal raid on an empty house somewhere in the United States on a rhino hunt. Tell us about this. Yeah, you know, this to me really is chilling. Okay, this guy, Eric Greetens, he's the former governor of Missouri. He was forced to resign because not only had he physically abused his wife and son, but he was also sexually harassing somebody who worked in his office. And then when she objected to being sexually harassed by him and his unwanted sexual advances, uh, he threatened to post semi-nude pictures of her all over the Internet. You know, a really charming guy. Anyway, he did have to resign as governor. Now he's running for the Senate and he's leading um, because it just shows the type of people who can now get a seat in the Senate or be even considered for a seat in the Senate. And as part of his campaign to win this Senate seat and to win the primary, um, he, he ran this ad where it showed him in his full military gear with a semi-automatic weapon uh, kicking down the door or knocking down the door of a house. And, you know, it, it has these, um, you know, it says, I'm Eric Gretchen's Navy SEAL and today we're going on a rhino hunt. Now, rhino is the name that Trump dreamed of for Republicans in name only. It's a name that's used to describe Adam Kinzinger and more on him in a moment, and Liz Cheney, who are the Republicans who sit on the January 6th committee. It's just used to describe anyone who doesn't agree with everything Donald Trump says. Uh, so then he uh, he goes to the camera and he says the rhino feeds on corruption and is marked, marked by the stripes of cowardice and says that you should join the MAGA crew, get a rhino hunting permit. Uh, there's no bagging limit 
limit. There's no tagging limit and it doesn't expire until we okay. save our country. Now, just in the context of that, Matt, I want to say that Adam Kinsinger, who I just mentioned, received a threat this week and has received countless death threats. But this week there was one threatening to execute him, his wife and his five month old son. And it's in this context that you have guys like this who are knowingly raising the temperature. I do fear Adam Kinsinger spoke recently and he said on ABC and he said that more violence is inevitable and I really do fear for Republicans who have stood up who okay. have been courageous that that their lives are being put in danger by guys like this Alright we're out of time so last word on this to you Carl Thomas Well I agree with much of what Marion says language has consequences and uh, you know the, the left uh, the, the people on the left aren't the only ones who are receiving death threats and uh, outrageous emails I get them too and uh, but I think the language by the former governor is uh, out, outrageous and contributes not only to, to, to the division uh, in this country but also uh, to those who are uh, uh, sick of mind and heart and want to carry out violent acts instead of uh, uh, peacefully assembling to redress whatever grievances they may have against the government. And by the Thank way, Madam Marion, happy first day of summer to both of you. Uh, is, it the, is it the first day of summer? Okay. It's right. Thank you very much, Carl Thomas and Marion McKeown. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here.